0: Two, ready, one. Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, you get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the City of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA.
1: Just out of energy.
0: Sure. Also joining us, Jed Bruther, director of Mission SA Productions.
2: I'm filled with life and a desire to just bless other
0: people. That's where <laughs> that I am. at. doesn't sound Ooh. right. <laughs> joining us all the way from yeah. Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger.
3: I am technically here. The yeah. best
0: kind of here. <laughs> And let us not skip over the fact that Glenn just booed wanting to share life with others. <laughs> Guys, I just want to do life. I just want to do life together. That that deserves a boo. <laughs> that you get booed for. If you're referring to your engagement, you get double booed. Yeah,
2: I want to do life. Um, so, emergency. Sure. Is
1: that how you declare emergency, <laughs> just, just Jed? It's like double he's poking snap. Glenn at it's, this point. It's
3: like you're just phoning it in, that's, Jed. That's, he 2 pistoled Matt. And then double snapped. Look,
2: I'm a media mogul. I have a spiritual ponytail, and that's a South Florida emergency. So, wow. emergency. Here's wow. the thing. Here's the, here's the whole thing. It's
0: real laid back. It's the Jimmy Buffett of emergencies.
2: Hey, I'm wasting away in emergencyville, looking for my lost shaker of salt. This is the thing. Right. This is the whole thing. Hopefully
0: it proves to be as befuddlingly popular.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Man, is that true? Okay. Wow. Awesome. We had the Gripes giving celebration yes. um, at my house. We passed live big-
0: tweeted by one Glenn Fitzgerald. You can see our Gripes giving special from a couple weeks ago where we did a sample of Gripes Giving.
2: Exactly yeah. right. And we do this in order to stay sane, because mm-hmm. for those of us, you know, particularly this is true for everybody, but for those of us who work in full time ministry, the holidays are just the worst time of year. No especially doubt.
0: those of us who are misanthropic people in full time ministry. It's kind of doubly bad. Well, Lee can back now because Lee is a good person. Yeah. Unlike the three of us because who are, it keeps it really it's really what differentiates him on the podcast. Yeah. We're we're miserable little trolls. So that's what's true about us. And yeah. Lee is not. Lee is a genuinely Good, sweethearted human being. Yeah. I have... people can't, at home can't see this. Looking at the sky, he's wearing an Oxford blue button down as we speak. That's true. The <laughs> That's uniform of the functional member of society. That's <laughs> right. Look,
2: to be honest, I'm grateful for it. It's just a mystery to me how Lee can be my friend. Right. Because I know I have to drive him crazy with just who I am right. on a regular sure. basis. I'm
1: wearing a t shirt advertising guitar strings. Yes. Yes. So I mean that's the contrast we're dealing with here.
2: Sure. Okay. But by 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 the miracle of the Lord's sustaining grace, Lee Younger is one of my closest friends in the world and a genuinely sweethearted person. But even he would say, Oh, the holidays. You've got I got right. people coming out of the woodwork where yeah. just their families are misbehaving, and I got counseling appointments left and right. Up am I am I right about that, Mr. Younger?
3: It's outlandish.
2: Okay. So here's the whole thing. Those are working ministry. We gotta we're gonna lose our minds. So we right. gather together on Gripes Giving right. to just let the gripes flow, right? To to remain in our right minds and functional. It so feels we, so good. Oh, it's man. To drink is it deep liberating. of the bowl of wrath. We, we drink deep of the bowl of wrath. We have um, food that is terrible for us. Right. Um, we uh, uh, sit around and use words you can't use in church. But this particular gripe's giving because this tradition, unlike any other, and this is far more true about gripe's giving than about the masters, right. which is a tradition very much like many, many, many others. Right. Gripe's giving.
0: Good. Sport. Sports reference, Jed. I sported that good. You're all welcome. <laughs> we believe in positive reinforcement on this
1: show. Sports go I sported sports that good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a green blazer right now. Okay, but here's the Double thing. Double
0: sports. <laughs> Boom! <laughs>
2: Bonus sports. He's en fuego. Now, here's the thing. We got together for what's probably the fifth annual Gripesgiving um, at right. my house. And we said, you know, this year we need to kick it up a notch. We need something to really make it special, really make it feel like an event. We said, what would be something that would gather together our distaste for goodness right. um, and, and, you know, kind of happiness that would be vaguely christian but also in a very profit-incentivized way.
0: Now, at one point, coming into it, Glenn suggested, because I wore a sweater right. to the bridge the previous week, Glenn and Jed suggested everybody bringing a sweater and us setting them on fire. <laughs> we did. We talked about really that. kind of stick it to the Christian man. That's, <laughs>
2: right. that's literally that's true. true. We, we did discuss that. We did discuss that. But what we landed on is, you know what? Netflix and chill, and in this case, public screening. Of God's not dead.
0: <laughs> That's right. At this point, we point out the uh, generation gap with all of us on the show, and Jed may not be exactly sure what that Netflix and chill meme is about, given the context in which he just used it.
2: Yeah. I, I can Netflix and chill with you guys.
0: You don't even know. Nope, not what that means. <laughs> Move on.
1: Well, <laughs> Creeping out the whole audience. Well, and speaking of slightly older references, if you've ever seen the the, the show Mystery Science Theater 3000, yeah. it's basically a show where they would put on these awful, awful B-movies and stuff, and they'd have characters that would make fun of the movie as it yeah. played. Uh, well, that was sort of what we we have done that a few times with right. Christian movies where we just put them on and just mocked them in this and just, yeah, as just as a way of dealing with the fact that they exist. Absolutely. Right. In this
2: case, we, we reached point rose. We had to figure out how to turn on subtitles. Right. on, uh, I guess it was actually Amazon is what we were using, um, so it wasn't Netflix. They don't need the blog. It wasn't Netflix and chill. Still creepy. You're all no longer welcome. <laughs> I retract it. You don't get to have nice things. You can blame Matt for that. So, we're on... <laughs> <laughs> We having Amazon this, this, this may be the least focused emergency yet <laughs> We're having Amazon and chill its eyebrows were impossibly
3: high on that. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs>
2: we're having Amazon and chill, which is like an aftermarket creepy and um, we got to figure out how do we put on the subtitles right. because we can't tell what the dialogue is saying because there's so much mockery going right. on That's right. in my in my living room right So you may be wondering um, you know were you able to make it all the way through? this feature presentation. Nope. No, no, you shouldn't wonder, because we definitely were not. Right.
1: I mean, it, it, it at at some point, it became so ridiculous, it was unmockable. You, yeah. You couldn't make up something worse <laughs> than this to say about it. Yeah. There was a moment, I
2: think it was Matt, who was looking at some dialogue and said, you realize you're, the dialogue here is just you guys reading the scene description out loud. This, this isn't lines someone wrote. This is just the synopsis of the scene in the script, and now you're just saying those words.
0: Yeah, it was literally like, well, I feel that I'm being persecuted and someone has to stand up for the Lord. Well, as your pastor, I feel that there are a lot of people who do. It was literally just the, what the subtext of the scene should have been. Yeah. Right. But they forgot to write dialogue and just read that. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's also, right. Also, we found by having the subtitles on, we found out that if you were a female character, you had to earn your name in this movie. <laughs> we really? had Josh's girlfriend. Yeah. We had female parishioner. Yeah. We had female classmate one and two. Ooh, nice. Uh we had female professor, only one. Right. Um and then of course TV's Kevin Sorbo.
2: Yes. T- and I think
0: the point we turned it off was right around the time where TV's Kevin Sorbo physically assaulted this kid for believing in God. Yeah. And yeah. told him, I will ruin you. Yeah. I will make sure that you never get into law school. Because all law schools call up your freshman philosophy professor yeah. to see whether you get in or not. Who yeah. totally
1: hates you because you believe in Jesus. Yeah.
0: That- and there is the point where they all, on an almost moment of self-awareness, the guy's girlfriend, only referred to as Josh's girlfriend, yeah. does not, she did not earn a name with no. her behavior like this, it says, it is in the first eight minutes of the movie, so I, mean, I think with the... Uh, you know, you got to write God's not dead on the deal. It's super duper mean. And she just goes, well, you're just going to drop the class, right? There's tons of other, and it's, and it's an elective.
2: Yes. It's no problem. And we
0: didn't make it. So like, he's a philosophy major. So he's got this class, it's just an elective. And, uh, you could take it later with yeah. this guy's not professor. You drop it, take another section now. Right. Like the whole first bit is, you know, you can just drop it now. Right. And no, I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to my, my mega church pastor, with lots of product in his hair. Yep. And he's going to talk me into, maybe God wants someone to stick up for him.
1: Yeah. Well, wow. Well, the, the thing is that the premise of these movies, uh, uh, one uh, assumes, is that it's, here is a thing that would happen, that right. would go wrong, that's common to mankind, and here's the Christian way to handle it. Now, maybe they're a little goofy with that. Maybe they're a little, you know, heavy-handed with it. Maybe they're a little not quite realistic. Well, that's media. You
0: got to be a little pantomime. Everything's a little turned it, up.
1: That's right. And uh, I, I mean, if you saw Fireproof, that's essentially what that is. Sure. It's a married couple have problems okay. and they work it out with Jesus. Right. And it's it is and
0: a very popular book.
1: Yeah. you know, it's 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 goofy in places. It's it's what. But it's realistic in the sense of married couples having conflicts I sure mean, that that, that part, does happen you know sure, at least the setup holds right this was just S- things that don't occur some bizarre surrealistic world that never could exist <laughs> and then what should these characters do within that world it's like you've sort of taken all the potential ministry value out of it without realizing that by making these characters sort of Unrealistically awful. Yeah, I like know. the
3: idea of bizarro, the the bizarro Christian world. Yeah, yeah. that's we make up a scenario that will never happen. Now, right? How should really flaky Christians handle that?
1: Well, that, that's the thing because I'm I'm having struggles with the world as it is. And right. So are a lot of us. Yeah. Let's have a movie about that. That would be awesome. Well, we also had as we as several people
0: described it independently. As love, actually, but awful. Yeah. Because the thing we didn't realize is, oh, there's a serious cast of characters. Yeah. In this movie, and they try to pull off the intertwining storyline things. yeah, But they never tell you who anyone is, why you should care, right. how they relate to each other, and apparently, it all draws together at a Newsboys concert.
2: Yeah, we, we had to get somebody <laughs> to tell us how it ended because we, we weren't watching. We have our friend uh, was looking that up at Wikipedia.
0: Go. As, and again, spoiler alert for God's Not Dead, Yeah, the uh, TV's Kevin Sorbo, who plays mm-hmm. the atheist professor, very angry. We learn in act two that he's mad at God because of his mom got sick or something? I think
1: so. I think that's the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just... Hey, guys. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert.
0: And here's a spoiler alert. He gets shot at the end and literally makes a deathbed profession of faith to the hair-producted megachurch pastor. As he's dying. As he's dying. At and, the Newsboys concert. At the Newsboys
1: concert. And then goes to heaven and moonwalks with Jesus. Well, I assume so. We, we don't know for sure. <laughs> I mean, I if that happens... That's the director's I'm, cut. I'm going to revise my well, thing. This
0: was before the Iron Man, so post-credit
1: sequences weren't a thing. But uh-huh. presumably,
0: if they were, right. that would yeah. have been the post-credit sequence. Well,
2: given that they made $60 million on oh. this movie, they probably have the budget to stick that into like the deluxe Blu-ray edition when it comes out. Sure. So Something. But you may be wondering, you may be asking yourselves, so you guys, you you got together on Thanksgiving, you griped and moaned and complained, you ate
1: melted cheese. Yes, uh, in large, large quantities. I probably had a pound of melted cheese in my stomach. (laughs)
2: Absolutely, absolutely. At
1: any given time. You
2: you mocked a movie that apparently has been some form of encouragement or at the very least entertainment to a lot of, of, of people. Uh-huh. Are you, are you, do you feel good about yourselves? Are you, are you proud of yourselves? Right. And the answer to that is an unqualified yes. Yeah. We feel good. great. Thousand pounds lighter despite the pound of cheese in our stomachs. Exactly right.
1: I was glowing.
2: Now that's the title of biography. <laughs> <laughs> so on that basis, I feel like I can, I can wish a Merry Gripesgiving yes. to everyone until, of course, Gripesgiving 2016. Right. And I can probably safely declare emergency off. Emergency Absolutely.
1: off. Wow. I think we've given people a really great template on how to live their lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, lord yes apparently we need lots and lots of cheese y'all uh don't know how that plays into it but
0: well if you can't get your if you want a spiritual cheese if you will yeah uh, melted cheese for the soul yes might i suggest bridge box
3: Ooh. That should be the byline for Bridgebox. It
0: really should. That's good. That's, it'd take a bit of explaining, but I think it'd be worth it. You know, the metaphor is rich, mm. not unlike the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so Bridgebox, here's talk about it. Every month we put out a media package based around a topic. This month's for December is, how do I do with my anxiety? We've got songs. We've got sermons. We've got Bible studies. We've got devotional, a devotional written by a pastor and licensed counselor about the godly way to handle anxiety. Let's like, just as Glenn was saying... Supposedly the idea of a lot of Christian media stuff is supposed to be problem, here's a Christian way to handle it. We in our research, we haven't seen that come up a lot, so we decided we kind of make that ourselves. Yep. Now we don't have the budget to hire TV's Kevin Sorbo yet, but mm. Give it the day has to be nine.
2: Absolutely. For
0: yeah. yeah. the meantime, we've had songs from Lee and Jay, we have songs from Eric Peters and Ben Bannister, we've had guest devotionals from uh, college professors, guys who do uh, great homeless ministry work, published authors. So we've got a lot of cool stuff for you. For only $8 a month, and all that goes to support the ministry we do here in Chicago, why not get on board for 2016? MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. Yeah. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. If you have a question for us, hang out with us all the way to the end, and I'll give you the addresses where you can get in touch with us. First one comes in anonymously at our Tumblr inbox, and it says, So my ex and I broke up about a month ago. We've come to... Ps- We've come to accept high English is my first language. We've come to accept that this is permanent and we've got lots of space from one another in a few months or however long it takes for us to become independent from each other. We plan on being friends again in the Christian context. Is this wrong? We had such a good friendship apart from our relationship. And before I befriend him, I'm going to make sure that such that I'm much more stable in my relationship with God, that our friendship won't affect it. Glenn, um, you're uh, you're kind of rearing at the sa- at the uh, at the change there. So why don't you start us off?
1: Um, the, I'm going to entitle this segment "Enough Already with a Friends Thing." Okay. Enough
0: already with a Friends Thing by Glenn um, Fitzgerald, Chapter One.
1: Here's here's a great goal. It, 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 let's let's talk about the 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 positive side of this before I rip it to utter shreds on the negative side. Spoiler alert. Okay, so let's talk about the positive side of this thing and the positive goals that we need to have. The idea is we want to make sure that your breakup doesn't spoil the fellowship of your... Christian group of friends. If you yeah. if you're in a Bible study together, you don't want to mess up the Bible study because you can't be in the same room together and those kinds of things. So you want to be friendly with one another. You want to be acquaintances. You want to be buddies. You want to be cool with one sure. another. That's a good goal to have. Absolutely. And 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 again, that's a, a goal that relates to sort of the fellowship of the larger group more mm-hmm. so than than the two of you. If you're not part of a a group of friends in that way, or you're you know currently living in different cities or going to different churches those kinds of things, then being friends with them isn't particularly important or sure. necessary or whatever so let's start so that's on that's to the positive that's a good goal we want to make sure we have let's talk about the nonsense part that we that we need to divorce ourselves from here 's the thing is um, there's a Christian mentality that has come up, or, or a mentality uh, that Christians have, might be a better way to phrase that, where we think if we're friends before we date, that's really holy. And if we're friends after we date, that's holy too. Mm-hmm. Mega holy. Mega holy. Here's the thing, none of that is anything. Yep. Zero. Just means nothing. Your friends after you date, great. If you're not, fine, whatever. Again, if it's messing up uh, uh, the fellowship, that's a different, that's real, that's something, whatever. This is just a made-up, hey, friends is good, right, y'all? And here's why I want to bash that with a hammer. Because it's a big, it's all based on a big fat lie. Here's the the lie. The Christian way of dating, y'all, is you meet somebody and you notice their personality Mm-hmm. And you've, you you fall in love with their personality, and then you become friends because you have so many things in common, and you share thoughts and feelings and ideas, and you explore life together, and you weave the fabric of your lives together in a friendship. And one day, you look over to this young woman who's your friend, and you notice that she has bosoms. Mm. And you say, well, that's nice. I am a f- attracted to this person. Why do not I date them? Yep. Okay, if that sounds stupid, when I say it out loud, why is it, bless your hearts, that as a group, you are going at this as if that's actually how relationships work? It's not. Never in the history of mankind is that how they work with anyone. I don't care about the testimony, you know. We just became friends, you know. And, it, you know, the speaker at the rally, We, my wife and I, you know, we were just friends. And we were just friends for so long. Then one day... Love just blossomed. This is this is the sound a lie makes. That's not, look, here.
0: Now, Glenn, do you not believe that as the person who lots of pastors come to when they feel racked with guilt about all the sexual stuff they did before they got married come while on. they're telling that story about how exactly. they were so used pure?
1: This is what I'm saying. Here's how human r- romantic relationships work, and it's very simple. You see a member of the opposite sex and you are physically attracted to them. You yep. are sexually attracted to them. Yep. And you, out of that, Say, I wonder if this person is a Christian. I wonder if this person has the same values that I do. And I wonder if we would have compatible personalities and if we could date and if we could have a life together. Mm-hmm. And if you, the, the, the thing that makes that good and right is how much work you put into developing that relationship. And the thing that makes that relationship good is how uh, uh, compatible you are and how much you work on building that compatibility. Mm-hmm. If you have someone that you're attracted to and you're not, you don't have that compatibility and you're not working towards it, then that's an inherently bad relationship. If you have a relationship where you are uh, uh, pretending that you don't have physical attraction for them and you're pretending that what you want to do is be their buddy. Yeah then what you're doing is sort of introducing this lie to the center of this thing, and everybody's fibbing about their motives yeah. of what we're trying to do here. And therefore you're not building a quality dating relationship. What you're doing is you're trying to build a friendship, which is great, yeah. but you 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 don't have, a, a romantic relationships aren't built on a foundation of friendship. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. As we've said before on the podcast, uh, 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 that yes, we have something we would call a friendship with our wives and our, our significant others, and so forth. But it's really much bigger and deeper yeah. than that. So it's it, it you know we maybe we're confusing people with the language. But I'll I'll, ta- I'll toss it over to these other guys. But we have this this mentality of trying to have the pure attitude towards us and the holy attitude towards it, and it gets us chasing down goals that make no sense.
0: That's an absolutely great point. maybe I'd like to get you to pick up on the, ask a very specific question here, which I think it's good for us to look at and give us a wider context, which is, is it wrong to be friends with your ex? It's actually kind of maybe not the right lens to look at this through right. as right and wrong. Maybe talk about how we should see it.
3: Yeah, I think that a lot of times for believers, it's, it's really easy for us to ask questions in this way. Is it wrong? Is it right? is it a sin? Is it not a sin? Is it holy or is it, you know, is there a specific scriptural injunction against it? And a, a, there are tons of things in your life that are just not that cut and dry. They're not that binary. This is not really about something being right or wrong. It's the the better question would be, is this a good idea? Yeah. Or is this a terrible idea? Is this wise or is this something that I should just completely run the other way from in other words there's not like a specific verse that says thou shalt not pursue a friendship with thine ex that's 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 not what we're looking at here it's um we're we're looking at this situation saying you really 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 should let this go here's what's Mm -hmm. happening um you're sad and um, and we're sorry that that this relationship that you wanted is over. Mm-hmm. And thank you for writing in. We'd love to pray for you about it. And um, and breakups suck. We have all all four of us have been through them. Yep. Everybody that mm-hmm. is collectively around the world listening to this podcast, as you are listening to it, they've all been through them. Everybody's had that letdown and the risk of romance and all that kind of stuff in these relationships. It sucks. It doesn't get easier. It's sad. You know, every time that you go through this, it sucks and it's hard. Um, this is a a loss that you want to mourn. But this idea of, is it wrong? It's not really about whether or not it's right or wrong. It's about something that's a bad idea. And one thing that I would say on this, too, is, is that... Um, not only is this, as Glenn is absolutely correctly saying, not only is this a bad idea, but this whole idea of, of guy and girl friendships, there's just not a lot of longevity on that. Exactly. I mean, there's just there's an expiration date to basically every single one of these friendships. And so that's not a goal. I, I love the, the post that Glenn had on his blog uh, a while back, which, by the way, is very popular. Mm. Um, he had a post a while back that said... Be friends with these, date these. Yeah. Uh, it was something like that. The, the, mm-hmm. the title was something like that. It's like, look, dude, dudes, be friends with dudes and yeah. date women. Yeah. That's, that's the way that whole thing goes out. Because if you are friends with a girl and then she starts dating somebody else, well, that friendship is over now yep. because right. that dude she's dating. He does not want you texting his girlfriend, period, right. Right. end of story. And as soon as you start dating some girl, you don't want her texting some other guy that, oh, we were just friends in high school. I don't care about that. I'd like to strangle him now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's the, all these relationships have expiration dates. And here's the other thing that all of these little friendships have. They have a lot of wishful thinking. Yeah. There's a lot of wishful thinking on this. It's mm-hmm. like people that say, well, I just want to, I'm just going to dabble in dating this non-Christian guy because maybe he'll just come to know the Lord because, and it's like, honey, no. That is, there's a lot of wishful thinking in these things. What we need is a lot of honesty and we need to, and and the thing that we need to first and foremost honestly face is the breakup sucks yeah. and we're sad and we need to deal with those emotions and then move on to the next thing. Yeah.
0: It's a really fantastic point. And, Jay, I'd like to get you to close us out on this with kind of this idea, uh, back to the idea that Glenn started us off with, with there's a difference between being friendly yeah. and being friends. Yeah. One is a good goal, one is a bad goal. And the, ways, the way we would go about achieving those are actually very different.
2: They are. They are. I think the the thing that um, speaks to that, speaks to a number of things that that Lee was saying, is the difference between technically possible and highly likely. <laughs> um, Christians struggle a lot with, um, you can't tell me that X is impossible because it could happen. You know, you don't know. And that's true. Uh, you know, if, if we're going to be, um, completely honest, what we can say is, is it possible for you to have a flourishing, rich platonic friendship with your ex? Sure. Right. It's Incredibly unlikely. Right. But it's possible. Um, is it possible it's
1: also possible that you could have male friends
2: yeah exactly right that you've known for years but but this is the thing that's the highly likely thing right it is technically right. possible that you could have that flourishing platonic relationship. It's it's technically possible that you could build a friendship, a purely platonic friendship with a person, and then years later, a dating relationship it comes out of that in the way that the spe- conference speaker said his did. Right. Is that technically possible? Sure, yes, yeah. it's technically possible. But it's extremely unlikely. It's mm-hmm. extremely, extremely unlikely. Part of wisdom, both in, in a secular but also in a godly sense, is making decisions based on what is likely as opposed to what is technically possible. Yeah. Wise people, and this is what Lee's referring to, with wishful thinking. Wise people don't make their decisions based on the things they wish might be true. Mm-hmm. They, ba- they make their decisions based on things which probably are true. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a very, very different thing. It is possible that you can do the whole friends thing. It's extremely unlikely. It's extremely, extremely likely though, that if you build friendships with your own gender... And date the opposite gender you 're going to like the results that you get a lot more now to go to to matt 's uh, question about kind of starting with a friendship versus starting with being friendly it 's a very very uh, smart point and a smart place to kind of put a dividing line. No one is suggesting when we talk about this stuff we 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 had a um i had a young woman uh, that had had some struggles in her life that that my wife and i were doing some counseling with a few years ago and one of the difficulties that she was having was that she needed to be involved in dating people and wasn't wasn't really you know, putting yourself out there to participate in that process. And so my wife and I suggested, well, what about this? And what about this? What about, you know, kind of, you know, talking to a guy and saying, you know, we should grab a cup of coffee sometime. And she immediately said, well, it's not like I, I'm just not going to just go throw myself at people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it's kind of that let's, <laughs> let's hit pause moment honey no one's suggesting that you go throw yourself at people
1: that's you don't have to put on like a red silk dress and sit in his lap exactly uh, that's not what we're talking about that's very
2: specific imagery there well played Yeah. yeah Um, in the same way, Glenn, when he says, you know, this all starts with sexual attraction and whatnot, and he's right about that. Glenn is not suggesting a romance um, thing right. where you go to someone and say, I'm hot for you. Let's do this. <laughs> right. that's, yeah. that's what Glenn is suggesting is being honest, both with yourself and in um, a way that makes sense with others about what your motivations are. Right. There is something disingenuous about going to someone and saying, I want to be your buddy. Right. I want yep. us to just, in a platonic, asexual way. I want us to hang out and have good <laughs> times. I
0: want to a buy nice you a nice non-sexual cup of coffee.
2: I want to buy you a nice non-sexual cup of coffee and just hear your thoughts and feelings on on life. That's and what how I want many
1: of these uh, cross-gender friendships do neither party have any physical interest in the other? Come on, man. Come
2: on, Glenn. Glenn's not suggesting that no one's suggesting that. But I bet in your head when you heard Glenn talking, that's what you heard Mm -hmm. is you heard say, well, you just want me to just throw myself at people and just I I just want to have sex right now. But that's that's not what we're saying.
1: That's going to the opposite extreme.
2: We're saying being honest with yourself and in a way that makes sense, being honest with other people about what your motivations are. Being friendly means saying, you know what? You seem like a really cool person. And I got to be honest with you. I think you are so pretty. Would you let me buy right. you a cup of coffee? I right. I'd, I'd love to hang out and I'd love I'd love to get to know you better um and uh and this one's on me. What do you, what do right. you say? Right. Now that is friendly. Yeah. Um yeah. It's It's honest. You're being clear Mm, uh, about kind of what your motivations are, what this is. They might say back to you, are you asking me on a date? You say, I am. This is a date. It may be not a super serious date. I'm not, you know, but I'm just saying, yes, a coffee date. Right. That's what, that's what I want to do here. That's friendly. That's honest. And here's the key thing. That's the best thing for you and that other person. Yes. People have peace and they feel comforted when they know where they stand. Mm-hmm. People feel very ill at ease when they're not sure what this is. Mm-hmm. They're not sure what the deal is. One of the strongest gifts you can give to another human being is the gift of saying, here's what this situation is. Here's the kind of thing that I'm trying to get going with you. Um, you know, uh, uh, does that, does that work for you? Uh, because, because is the key thing. If you say, I want to invite you on a date, uh, and, this, uh, and they're not interested in that, that gives them an easy opportunity to say, Hey, I appreciate that. You seem like a lovely person. I'm not really looking for that right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sail on without me again, that's better With for without the finger guns. You sure, gotta sure do is. the double finger guns. <laughs> Here's the key thing. We love you. We believe in you. You can handle this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of Christian culture has told you that all of this is so fragile and you yourself are so fragile, you can't handle this. Mm-hmm. You can't handle adult relationships. You can't handle adult conversations about those relationships. You can't handle taking initiative and going to people and saying, I want to I date you. Mm-hmm. I, I want to take you on a date. It's, the the culture told you you can't do this. And we're here to tell you you can You can do those things. You can handle those things. God will strengthen you. You have what it takes. You have what you need. You may not pull them off all smoothly. That doesn't matter. You can do these things. You can pull them off. We believe in you and we've got your back in it.
3: Yeah. One quick thing to add on this was just a a recent story. I was talking to a friend who um, we we were talking about a a dude that was uh, who had gone out on a couple of dates with a gal and she kind of decided, you know, you know, let's let's just be friends or something like that. And I was talking to another, uh, you know, another guy about this situation. He said, you know, I hope that that uh, that 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 the dude can rally and just that they and that he and that girl can really can really be friends after that. And I said, I absolutely hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. And he, you know, kind of looked at me sideways. He's like, really? And I was like, no, that would not be rallying. I, see, I said, you know, my, my friend, this guy we're talking about, he's a man. Okay he's a man who wanted to date this woman yeah. he doesn't want to be friends with her. he's not looking for you know more buddies and he's like he has a lot of friends, okay he's got good friends, good dude friends he doesn't need that what he wants is to date this woman, and that is a different thing and it took this dude by surprise as we were having this conversation, and it occurred to me this nobody thinks that way right. no you know no it, it's it actually was an an offensive thought that like that that that, you, that this is the way a bold and a brave man acts, is that he's, it's not rallying to, to, to come back and be friends later. He's saying clearly, no, this is what I want. And this is the way that people need to be about this thing, is I've got friends, I want to date you, and that's a different thing. Clear about his intentions, honest about what he wants, and that's where we need to be moving on this. And just to button uh, what both these guys are saying, part of what they're saying is
1: you're talking about something... Where a, a type of relationship, a dating relationship, where you're you're incorporating all the elements of of course of of of, of a friendship, mm-hmm. but you're treating someone better. You're you're yeah. giving them more right. consideration. You're giving them more patience. Mm-hmm. You're giving them more uh, tender uh, understanding. All of these different kinds of things. There's not something lesser about the romantic and physical elements of that. Uh, or, or it's not made lesser by the romantic and f- mm. physical elements of right. that. It's made something bigger and yeah. more important, more precious. It's a bigger, tougher goal to have. And uh, therefore, the the friendship part is not superior to it. And that that's the main goal we got to try and mm. hit. I think
0: that's a fantastic point. I will take a couple minutes here and we'll talk about the a little bit more about the question that was asked. Because here's the thing, dear question asker. You kind of joined a rant already in progress about the dating and the, uh, the friends. And you got a lot of good points in that a lot about the general. Now I want to be, we to make sure to you answer your question be specific about the, we already dated now. What about friends? So we talk all the stuff these guys said applies to that. And the difference mm-hmm. between those two states of being, but we want to specifically reach out to that. Here's the thing in the same way. And these guys covered it really well. Dating is not super friendship. No, Right. nor is friendship right. predating. micro dating. Yeah. 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 So here's the thing. We get these things very confused in the cultures, particularly American culture, particularly Christian culture, because they kind of have a lot of the same elements. Mm-hmm. But in in no more is an egg a pre-chicken sandwich than <laughs> friendship is pre-dating. Yeah. Just because they have this one element in common, there's a lot that goes into that. You gotta you gotta genetically you gotta manipulate the molecules, you gotta have it be a thing, you gotta prepare it. Now, is there one key ingredient that's the same? Totally. Sure. But just having a lot of eggs in this mm-hmm. Analogy that's rapidly falling apart on me, folks. I'm going to be honest with you about that. But just having a whole lot of friendship, filling up the friendship meter, does not does not a relationship make. Yeah. But in the opposite way, once we've done the relationship thing, it's a whole lot of work to put that genie back in the bottle and just go back to friends. Here's the thing. Yeah. You were friends before. Right. and when here's what happens when you two people try to be friends is you, somebody wants to start dating the other person. Yeah. Right. So if we've decided we don't want the end result of the dating, that's fine. It's, that's mm. nothing wrong with that. That's how you learn. Then the friends thing, well, that leads to dating. Right. As we're talking about, we can be friendly. We can be acquaintances. We can be in the same Bible study. We don't have to do the whole, you know, I can't go cause she's going with that. Nobody needs that. We're all adults here. But if you know where the friendship road leads, and it leads to somebody catching feelings and us trying to date, and we know that doesn't work, then Friends is not worth the massive amount of emotional effort it would Mm be. And that's what we're talking about here, this kind of, um, it's not about being wrong or right, it's, is it a good idea? And in all but a very, very rare amount of cases. It's just not.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think off of what you're saying, you had to give yourself permission to move on and that God's not angry with you for doing that.
0: Yeah, you can't reset and pretend Mm. the dating part never happened. It very much happened, so if we just pretend we never dated, that doesn't do anybody any good.
2: The truth is, the moment where you'd be in a place to say, you know, I'm not, you know, we we could totally be cool with each other, is the moment where you're both dating other people. Yeah. That's the moment where you could be totally cool about it, which is also the exact moment you'd say, do you want to still have an active friendship you say oh no, no. no exactly.
1: that's a really good point actually yeah <laughs> all
0: right that's a, that's a lot of good stuff on all sides of that so um, fair warning if you write in a friendship dating question <laughs> you're going to get a bit of an earful and that's because you all deserve it that's exactly <laughs> Cause, right cause you can <laughs> see glenn's true. inbox if you could do a control <laughs> control find in glenn's inbox with the word friend yeah be a little much all right move yeah. on our next question here it comes in another of tumblr box and it says a friend and i were talking about having kids not with each other She said that if you're a Christian, you have to have kids. No. No. (laughs) A, creepy synchronicity. B, let me finish. (laughs) But then she brought up, I wasn't sure of that. But then she brought up the first command, be fruitful and multiply. I stated that that command was given to a couple who were the only people on earth, and now there's 7 billion of us. She thinks I'm cherry picking, No, but I'm just trying to figure out how I feel about this verse in this case. Do we have to have kids if we are Christians? Lee, why don't you start us off here?
3: Uh, No, no, you don't have to have kids. Although I should say- It's as not a side as powerful line,
0: when there's no one to harmonize with. The,
3: <laughs> I should say as a sideline that I don't know of any other podcast that has caused more children to be born. Yeah. Is that, Hello. That's- it's probably true, right? Oh, yeah. The amount of love caused by the Say That podcast. We make babies. The
0: <laughs> Well, there's the Marvin Gaye podcast hour, but we can't compete with that. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Um here's the thing. Uh you're not cherry picking. It's it the, this the the you know this first command or whatever. It's basically the only thing that God ever told humans that we pretty well have covered. Yeah. I mean, we we it's it's the only thing that we kind of got right. There's plenty of people on this planet. It's it's fine. It's the um, wawa commandment and we're good at it. We have yeah. a skill. <laughs> we we got it. Um here's the here's the thing. As a believer in Jesus, you are under grace. You are not under the law. You are under grace. Um, you know, of course you don't have to have kids. Here's the thing. Children come when God gives people children. Um, and, and, uh, and it's up to a couple to decide whether or not they want to bring children into the world. And just like all the relationships in your life are people that God is bringing into your life. Uh, you know, I don't even... It's so weird. It's like I don't even like addressing this question. There of course there are certain groups of Christians who have a particular way that they see the family and stuff like that and they're super uptight about these types of questions. And it sounds like your friend may be on that kind of deal, but you are under grace. You are under grace. You don't have to have kids in order to be a Christian or anything like that. God's not looking down on you on this deal. Any of that kind of stuff. Plenty of plenty of awesome and amazing believers are you know and and married couples and everything you know don't have kids or have decided they want to adopt kids or or have no kids or whatever. Here's a more interesting thing to me is the people that God has brought into your life, whether that's your own kids or uh, or friends or family or or those kinds of people. How are you treating those people? Yeah, because I know tons and tons of people who have brought children into this world, but I know. Very few people, very few people who treat the people in their life in such a way that people want to follow them. Yes. And, and so that they multiply their spiritual heart, their spiritual DNA. Their, the, the, the very few people multiply themselves in the sense of, I want to be like that person, as the Apostle Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. There's very few people like that. The Apostle Paul called Timothy, uh, my true son in the faith. Yeah. The Apostle Paul never had any children, but this man multiplied himself all over the place because he served people and he yeah. loved people so so much, and people just wanted to, they wanted to walk in like Jesus, the way that He did, yeah. and what I'm interested in—I mean, God has given my wife and my and and I have three children. Um, but here's the deal: is and that's awesome, and we're super thankful for those kids. But He has filled our lives with people, and I want to so love and serve all the people in my life—not just my kids and not just my wife, but all the people in my life—in such a way that people turn around when I'm gone and they say, "I want to love like that guy did, yeah. and I want to serve like that guy did, and I want people to be." be able you know people I'm over and stuff like that to listen to me and follow me because of the way that I serve them that they know this is a dude that would lay down his life for me. And so I think a more interesting question is how can we take this command to multiply and think about it in terms of multiplying our heart our our uh, our spiritual DNA that kind of stuff. Is there is there a way that I can serve and love people so much that they want to follow me and they become like that, like like Jesus in me. That, to me, is a more interesting question. It definitely is.
0: It's a fascinating take on it. But to the point of biological children, um, Jed, we can actually pretty uh, handily put it to bed of does God command all Christians to have children because he did not give all Christians the ability to have children. So what yeah. are we talking about?
2: Yeah, no. Uh, the In the yes, the premier medical authority is the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC. I looked up these numbers earlier today. Um, for married men and women, about 6.5% of married men and married women separately are either unable to conceive or unable to impregnate. Um, that number actually gets significantly higher if you look at the ability to bear a child to term. Uh, it actually gets quite a bit higher. Um, so I think one of the things we need to ask your friend is, are you trying to tell these people that due to their biology and physiology that they are in sin and in violation of God's commands?
1: Probably, yeah. Uh, I guess so. Because
2: that would actually be like a horrific, yeah. horrific thing <laughs> is, to tell yeah. another human being.
1: Yeah.
0: And if your response to that, as it is almost when we point out these inconsistencies, because, well, I didn't mean it like that then literally your whole argument goes right. That's exactly exactly right.
2: right. This is something where we need to use our heads. Look, I, I've got a verse, I think, and this is a life verse for me. I think this is really going to break this whole thing down, bust this whole thing wide open. Now, this is the word of the Lord of the prophet Ezekiel in the fourth chapter and the 12th verse. This is God talking, and he's giving a clear command here. He says, Eat the food as you would a loaf of barley bread. Bake it in the sight of the people using human excrement for fuel. Right. Okay, God's given a clear command here. He said, <laughs> I want you to bake some bread right. over crap, uh-huh. and then I want you to eat it. Yep, I want in you front to, of people. In front of people. I want you to eat crap bread in front of people. Right. That's what I want you to do. That's That's my command... To you, Ezekiel.
1: It's in the Bible.
2: It's in the Bible. It's a clear command given by God.
0: I knew this is the way this was going to go when Jed said life verse. Yeah. But I thought it was going to be one of the more slaughtery ones. Yeah. So congrats on the restraint.
2: You're, you're welcome. So this is the thing, of course, is I think what you can explain to Susie is, I think you make a lot of great points here. I think everyone should have kids. And as just as soon as you get a hold of some human excrement, and bake some bread over it in public Mm -hmm. and then eat it as everybody watches. As soon as you do that, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be willing to cede this whole argument to you. You
0: Can't cherry pick, Jed. Because we can't cherry pick. And I got the sword. You find me some Midianites. This is what I'm talking about.
2: Look, th- this is the bottom line, is um, we're meant to use discernment, uh, discretion, wisdom as we read that Bible. Uh, there are all kinds of commands God gave to all kinds of people. Um, for example, uh, Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go and sacrifice him at the place I will tell you, which are not meant for anyone else to follow. Right? Uh, God is the one who, who uh, is the author of life. God is the one who decides, you know, when and if people are able to have children. Your friend knows that. Yeah. Um so someone here what's really going on here is someone she looks up to said this she's repeating it without thinking it That's through That's right Uh, That that's that's what's really going on. You were right to say that doesn't sound right. I don't think you're you're thinking that through. The thing I'd encourage you to look at. There's a term in physics that they use a lot. It's called a thought experiment, right? And we say in my brain, I'm going to imagine what would happen if 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 there was a nuclear explosion. What would that mean? The molecules and the atoms and the things. Well, we can do the same thing in spiritual stuff. We can do a thought experiment. Say if that were true what would that mean? And around the moment we realized that that would be saying that about 10% of married couples are in sin because they physically can't have children. That's the moment we say, okay, well, clearly that's not it. Right. We, we, can, right. we can put that to rest. Whatever else we may know, that's, that's definitely not it. You got the right take on this. We appreciate you writing in.
0: It's a fantastic point that you ended down there about discernment. That really is what's going on here. Almost certainly this person heard it. And as we often say on the, on the podcast, it makes a lot of sense as long as you don't think about it. Yeah. You hear, you know, God said, go forth and multiply. And maybe you heard somebody thinking about, we need to ensure certain demographic ratios in this country. Mm. And, you know, maybe they were saying this, And uh, let's just pick a race random and all white church about how we got to get out there and, you know, multiply. And it's a command of the Lord. But God said, go forth and multiply. Kids are adorable. Sounds right. right. All that sounds fine. But we actually have to do have a system for discerning the things we hear and glenn maybe you can walk through that
1: yeah and i uh, unfortunately uh two, two things one is i wish lee had gone last because i like his answer better than what i'm about to get well, you can
0: just say it back word for word and i can cut his out and the edit. You know, i
1: would love that sure <laughs> um <laughs> the second thing is i've unfortunately spent all my rant points on on this episode and i'd like to uh, wish i had reserved more Mini for rants. this uh, if I could get some rant on credit, that would be good. Um, sure. Here's the thing. Payday rant. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. Um, uh, I want you to, uh, next time you're having a conversation with your, your friend, uh, you can point them to my uh, blog, uh, uncleglen.tumblr.com. uh They can email me, and I can describe to them how Uh, My wife and I have been uh, doing inner city ministry for the past quarter of a century. For most of that, we have not been able to do more than pay our bills, and at times not even that. Therefore, we literally did not have the physical resources to bring a child into the world and pay for it. And uh, the moment we had some resources to maybe think about that, we started moving people in. Yep uh including that, me uh, including jed and and uh we we and it has sort of filled that place in our hearts of course uh to uh be there for other people who uh, you know need a place you're to saying stay. you
0: see jed as your child in many ways uh, yeah,
2: it, the that's shoe what fits. i
1: heard it, the shoe fits yeah that's um right. But uh, we, my wife and I, have have, have not had uh, children. So have your friend uh, call me up and tell me all about what is uh, sinful and wrong about that. And I promise mm. you, your friend will not have this discussion with you Anymore. ever again. Uh, here's uh, we, Jed, actually touched on this uh, earlier. Uh, we'll go back to it. There's a, a basic, fundamental Sunday school answer. How do you know the will of God? That's through the Bible, which is what we're talking about here, through God. You might have heard of it. <laughs> you might have heard of it, the godly counsel, and through prayer. So we, 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 if it's written in the Bible, we're thinking we need to be living by that, uh, and we use godly counsel to figure out how we go about living that out, and then we use prayer to figure out what specifically, Lord, do you want me to do in my specific circumstance with this command. Uh, you. I probably heard that when I was eight years old in Sunday school class. I don't have any additional wisdom on that. It's still true. It's still right. It's still the the right take on that. What your friend is doing is two-thirds, or excuse me, is leaving out two-thirds of that. She's taking the Bible. She's doing the snot out of the Bible. She is really going to town on that Bible. Well, parts of it. That's the whole thing, is... You're, you're doing what the Pharisees are doing, is you're picking the, the Bible verses you want to do the snot out of, then you're ignoring the rest of them. Like missing
0: the part where the only sinless person to ever walk the earth didn't have any children?
1: Yeah. yeah exactly right. So hmm. um, the idea here is, um, I, I, I want to explain this to you, because here's what I know about this situation. You know the person who said this is full of crap you know this you yeah. don't doubt it i mean you're you're, you're right to you know why they're full it's the bread yeah exactly you gotta eat the bread you gotta eat the crap bread. callbacks yeah we got callbacks here here's the thing is you know that what you're kind of uh, looking for us to do is give you ammo towards that which we're we're perfectly happy to do but let's actually pull back and look at the meta of this situation you know this gal is full of crap. She thinks she's got a brilliant insight into Scripture or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But but let's let's make sure you, as a person hearing this nonsense, understand what you are doing. You need to understand the relationship here. Here's what the relationship is. This person is displaying a what the Bible calls a weak faith. The Bible says... When someone says there's only one right way, don't bother asking God, don't bother asking godly counsel, just do that and follow that instruction, we would call that legalism. That's mm. kind of our word for that. The Bible, specifically in Romans 14, describes that as having a weak faith. Yeah. They're, they're, and it's asking us to be sympathetic with these weak people who have a weak faith faith they don't have a mature adult understanding of how to work this out a right. a, a child says you know uh, 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 thou shalt not steal that's the rules mm-hmm. a grown person says the bible says thou shalt not steal the bible says honor your father and mother if my father tells me to steal you see now i'm in i can't I can't can't keep both of these commandments at the same time. So I go to godly counsel to figure it out, and then I pray about it. That's how I figure that out. If you cut those two parts out of that three-part system here, you don't have any chance of being in God's will. And that's, again, an immature and a weak— and I'm not saying that to put it down. In fact, that's what that Bible verse is saying, is be understanding about Mm -hmm. your weak person. Why am I saying all this? It's because— it's important for you to portray that back to her. Yeah. Oh, honey, you are not doing the snot out of the Bible. That's not what you're doing. This is a weak, immature understanding of Scripture. You've taken one thing and you're doing all of that and you can. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, that's exactly what the Pharisees did. And Jesus reserved his harshest rebukes for that. So even a basic glancing at the new testament tells you that this attitude can't be right Mm -hmm. and that's okay because you're new Mm -hmm. you're still in an infancy i i'd be happy to explain to you how this works but we're not going to have a conversation as peers on it because that sweetheart that's not where you're at that ship has sailed yeah i think it's important for you to understand that this isn't uh, what's the best way to take it to the max? Because yeah. that's the way she is portraying it to you. I'm taking it to the max. You're just easing back and just mm-hmm. taking the easy road here. Whatever. Uh, you said, wait a second. If you're not getting godly counsel on that and you're not praying about it, you're just taking the Bible and going with it, you're ignoring the, the all three of those ways of getting God's will. Mm-hmm. That's, again, the Bible specifically talks about that kind of situation in Romans 14, and it says that's weak faith, and we should accept that person whose faith is weak. We should be understanding about it. We shouldn't be rude. We shouldn't be mean. Mm -hmm. But we do need to understand that that's not Doing it to the max, mm-hmm. right?
0: That's a fantastic uh, point there, and also kind of uh, in a pretty cool way leads us into our next question, which kind of has picks up on a lot of themes about yeah, that. It does people desiring rules and want to do it to the max, and how that may not be the best idea. So this question comes in an leader, our Tumblr box, and it says: As a Christian, is it okay to have Buddhist, Hindu, or other religious designs in our household if it's viewed from an art and historical standpoint? I'm considering Paul's principles regarding food sacrifice to idols, which is actually where that Romans. 14 verse uh, really says a lot about, but also the fact that there is the spiritual realm and the anger God displays towards idols in the old Testament and not causing others to stumble. I consider, but I want to do everything to God's glory and I'm really torn here. What's the right principle to follow? Which is a question based on just what we talked about. Jed, why don't you start us off here?
2: Well, thanks for writing in. I'm uh, really glad to hear from you. Appreciate the question and appreciate the heart behind the question. You know, wanting to, you know, to, to honor the Lord in, in all things. Um, and I'm with you. I love art. Um, I, uh, I have as much of it up in my home as the walls will allow. Um, and uh, of course, uh, as a fellow lover of art, what you're almost certainly aware of is particularly anything prior to the Renaissance, nearly all art was religious in some way. Um, from almost everywhere in the world. I have up on my uh, phone right now the, the Wikipedia entry for the sculpture of Aphrodite. Um, uh, also known as the Venus de Milo or Milo, I don't know. Mm. Um, but one of the most famous sculptures of all time.
0: Uh, if it's been featured, it ain't got no arms. You have seen it? Ain't
2: got no arms. You have seen it? It's been featured in The Simpsons. It, it's you know, it's gotten some play. The Gummy de Milo. Uh, the Gummy de Milo. Uh, it's um, it's incredible. It's it's. I love sculpture. It's actually one of my personal favorites at the moment. It's an amazing piece. It's it's absolutely fantastic. It's also technically a sculpture of a pagan deity. Right. Is this a problem? Well, here's my acid test, and i pass it on to you. Am I tempted to fall to my knees, bow down, and worship it? <laughs> yeah. Am I tempted to offer prayers and supplication to it? Am I tempted to sacrifice grain offerings to it? If I'm not, then I'm probably okay. <laughs> um, so you mentioned in your question having Shinto artwork. And I sound know, it's, it's like a smart act here, but let me ask you this question seriously. Are you tempted to worship your Shinto artifacts? Right. Uh, if you're not, then there's really not a concern. Um. Are and you said you don't want to cause others to stumble. I hear that. I appreciate that. We actually work with a ton of people coming out of addiction, so we're very, very sensitive to that. I don't. If you mm-hmm. come to my home, you will not see any form of alcohol anywhere. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't necessarily have a bottle of wine, but you, you won't see it. Right. It's, it's right, not right. out to be viewed. Um. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I totally hear that. Would your guests in your home be tempted to worship your Shinto artifacts? Right. Because if not then there's really no concern. Let, let me offer one more thing, and this will sound super weird. It's actually a true story. Um, we work with a certain number of people who have been involved in either um, witchcraft, um, more popularly known as Santeria, or in um, just full-on Satanism. And uh, it's it's an odd thing, but it's actually true in the kind of work that we do. And and this is the thing is, um, I, I would be careful uh, kind of what, you know, religious art I might have out if I was having those specific people coming to my home because that might actually be a thing for them.
0: That, yeah, you don't want to put your Judas Priest vinyl on display.
2: That's exactly right. I mean, that's literally what I'm referring to. I mean, yeah. I, I, I dig metal. There's a lot of records I would make sure were put away yeah. before they came over because for them that is a thing and I don't I don't want that to be a thing for them. If you have friends where they grew up Buddhist and then they converted to Christianity and it's a whole thing, then yeah, don't have Buddhist artwork out. That, that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. But if that's not the case for you then there's no problem here There, there there's no thing here's the here's the last thing i'd offer and i will pass it on to these other brothers don't let someone else's potential freak out keep you from enjoying something that's fine for you Let me explain what I mean on that. I'm not talking about people with a real background where this is an issue, right? I don't mean someone where, you know what, I I actually was raised Buddhist, so it's a thing for me, and and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying Edith from the church, who would tell you that these are, you know, it's pagan and and this, that, and the other thing. Don't let let Edith's hang-ups ruin your enjoyment of artwork, don't let Edith's hang-ups ruin your enjoyment of anything. Bless her heart, Edith has to work out her own walk with Jesus Christ. Mm. You, When you answer to the Lord for the life you've lived, Edith will not get a say. It's between it's between you and the Lord. You don't need to invite Edith over, and I wouldn't if that's her attitude about things, but don't let Edith's hang-ups ruin your enjoyment of good things that God has put into this world for you to enjoy.
0: That's a really fantastic point. We get into there, that idea of—it's exactly where Jed landed— of. Making uh, decisions that please God is one thing. Making decisions that please Christians is a super different thing. And sometimes you can only pick one or the other. And it turns out, in a weird way, sometimes pleasing God is a lot easier. But we have to know which our goal is, right,
1: Glenn? Absolutely. I think uh, if I could read the tea leaves here, and I I specifically use an analogy from the world of uh, the occult. uh, occult. (laughs)
0: Well played. If I could <laughs> sacrifice a goat here and just uh, <laughs> dig into
1: it, right. really, I like yeah. to crack some chicken bones and throw them and see what they show. Uh, here's the thing: if 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 I could, uh, you know, uh, I get a sense of where you're coming from here, I think it's, um, uh, uh, you know, how can we put this any smoother? Um, sometimes it's hard to feel. Christianity is a cool thing. Yep. Because there's a lot of people ruining it as hard as they possibly can. Dang, dude. (laughs) You know? Pastor Killjoy
2: and the Buzzjoy Choir, man. I
1: mean, just some... I mean, how many days out of the week do I open my browser and another Christian has said another awful thing? Yep, And it just... It, 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 what you want is to wake up in an alternate reality universe where none of that exists and, and everybody's just cool about it, yeah. you know? And I get that. I completely get that. I, I, I get the attitude. I think of, I want to sort of, um, take Christianity out of its normal context and re imagine and 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 reconceive of it and to think of it uh, as something uh, in the same vein as these eastern religions and and all that kind of thing but here's the thing if you have that urge uh i would say that's actually a good urge sure. you know uh the way we express that might get a little funky but um you know i think uh, if you're saying, I all this legalism, like we were talking about with the previous question, really bums me out, and I want to get away from that, uh, believe me, I am with you. Yeah. Now, the other extreme of that is also a bad idea. If you want to say, I just want a hippy-dippy hippie, free-for-all with just Shinto and, uh, and Buddhas, whatever, and I'm mixing and matching and having—well, that's, you know, now we've gone too far that direction. We've just undone Christianity yeah. or whatever. That's that's a problem, but but there is something here in between that can be really cool. In other words, uh, Christianity is an Eastern religion, and the more you take a look yeah. at it, that's the more right. it doesn't click with Western culture yeah. hardly at all. Say you that, know? dude. So if you if you read that and you see that and you and 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 you feel like I want to re. Um, introduce the world to real Christianity, as I understand it here, and and I want I want people to see this stuff different. Then we we actually need you to get on that and do that. Yeah. We want that. That's you know redefining these things and taking uh, 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 Christianity away from Christian culture and giving it to the world is is what we hope happens here. Um, in order to do that, as I'm suggesting here, it's a simple equation. It's about coming back to Jesus and who mm. he really was, what he yes. really said uh, uh, and, and uh centering everything on that, mm-hmm. saying this is you know Jesus said, Take care of the least of these, I'm all." over that i'm all about that and you know what i'm just not i don't click with other christians who don't see that yeah that's great there's nothing wrong with that we want we want that if, if you say you know jesus wore sandals everywhere he went i'm wearing sandals to church do it sure. i mean let just let him choke on it that's great it kick off the revolution i'm right behind you dude let's do this you know but it, it's about recognizing um uh, uh uh it's it needs to be about jesus it's not about sort of incorporating and mixing and matching mm. these other religions in sort of a gumbo of whatever it's uh, it's really about saying i read this buddhist thing that i really liked but you know what jesus actually said something really similar to that sure. that doesn't make buddhism cool that makes jesus cool you know the, right. so so i need to go back to jesus and say I think there's some stuff in here I'm missing, so that's mm. what I, I would say to kind of inspire people.
0: That's absolutely a fantastic point, and I would uh Lee, maybe you can pick up on that that this all really does come down to what what is your perception of Jesus and is it right? You know, so this person raising the question, as Jeff pointed out, it's a very honest question, it's a very understandable one, but you know i, I I'm thinking about you know God being angry at the uh, the idols yeah. in the Old Testament. you get the feeling that that's kind of the dominant image. that may not be the right way to go
3: really uh, to me this really comes down to one thing which glenn was w- was all over which is just what kind of a dude is jesus is he like really uptight about you being perceptive about the spiritual etiquette of invisible like invisible spiritual realities and you understanding all the ins and outs of all that etiquette is he that kind of a guy i mean when you read the gospels is that what he's like is he hung up about the way things look more than the way things are at the heart. And you, you, and you. when I ask that question, you're like, well, of course not. Jesus was unbelievably understanding. He's unbelievably patient. He's unbelievably cool about all manner of stuff. He hung out with with you know the people that did not have the religious conventions all together and all that kind of stuff. Here's the thing is <clears throat> when you get to the heart of who Jesus was, just understanding patient, filled with grace and just a benevolent generous spirit. That's the that's the heart that you want to Cling to is that, that is that the, the God that I love has a generous spirit, Amen, mm-hmm. and He wants me to uh, express myself, and He wants me to to be myself, and that's a really really important thing. The truth is, and we need to we need to deal with this, uh, put this right here at the end of this thing is that people, all kinds of Christians, have actual idols in their life. Yes, mm-hmm. actual idols and and they're not buddhist uh sculptures or anything like that they are their political values they are their <laughs> 401k they mm-hmm. are their mm-hmm. um their children's accomplishments mm, i mean preacher. there are things that people have put in the place of god and that they are actually worshiping mm-hmm. and that they're they're not they're not the pagan deities of old school you know you know uh, mythology of distant cultures they're they're the things that they bow down and worship to it's all it's where they give their energy their heart their money their time it's exactly what jesus said where your treasure is there your heart will be also i mean what are the idols that people worship and the real question for you and for me and for the rest of the dudes on this podcast is, am I willing to go to Jesus and say, um, Lord, if you show me an area of my life that's, that's getting out of bounds, do I have the courage to let you reign in that? Amen. That's, that's really where this comes down is, is there something in my life that I've put in the place of where you're supposed to be, where I'm asking something else to do for me what only you can do for me? I'm asking money to give me significance and worth. I'm asking my job to give me security. I'm asking whatever, my accomplishments to give me a sense of purpose and meaning and stuff like that. These are actual idols. And Mm -hmm. and of course, everybody has all kinds of pagans. I mean, everything that we do at Christmas is based on some kind of Norse paganism. (laughs) I mean, everything. I mean, the word Thursday is about the worship of Thor. Let's all calm down, okay? We've all got a lot more pagan stuff in our lives than we mean, but people have actual idols, and the question is, am I honestly willing to deal with those, knowing that the whole time that I have actual idols in my life, still Jesus is patient and generous, and He is working with me because He loves me, and He's filled and flooding me with grace. Amen. 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 That's a fantastic point to end on. It really gets the heart of this.
0: And we've got, I've gotten this question a couple of times in the last months, kind of in the podcast and on the blog, this idea of, am I being an, am I accidentally being idolatrous
4: mm.
0: with this? Uh, actually one of them was about Christmas stuff. You know, the, you know, the, as Lee very rightly points out, historically, the idea of a Christmas tree comes from Germanic pagan rituals where they actually worshiped trees Right. So you took one inside at the end of the year so you could still worship it. Right. People kept along. Christians said, yeah, you know, you like having a tree indoors? Fine. We'll put a star on it. It's all fine. That's right. actually pretty strong missionary thinking of cultural yeah. um, embedding. That's fine. Right. But someone, but if you have a tree in your house that you don't worship, <laughs> then that's not idolatry. That's just a tree. <laughs> that's the kind but of where I, started us off.
1: But I put presence under it isn't that like laying down sacrifices to the idol? Are you going to set no. those
0: presents on fire in the hopes that this tree will make it rain?
3: <laughs> that no, actually, I'm not doing well, that. Well, then not well, really. If I, if I set the presents on fire, will it keep my kids from fighting over the <laughs> <if> my, <laughs> Then maybe. Maybe they'll fight over
0: the ashes. Who knows? But so all that comes down to is you. There are some things that you can accidentally do wrong.
3: Sure.
4: We
0: talk about relationship stuff. You can actually. Um, Jed's actual point about, you know, I left the, uh, the metal album out. When my friend who used to, used to be a Satanist comes over, or I maybe more accurate to people who don't live the crazy lives we do. I left the empty wine bottle on the, on the counter with my friend who's an alcoholic Remember, Those are right. like accidental things you can screw up. Yeah. You can't accidentally do idolatry <laughs> <laughs> because right. to have an idol, an idol is by definition, something you worship. Yeah. Right. Just the fact that it was a gold statue of a calf did not anger God. It was the worshiping of the gold statue of the calf. (laughs) Just a gold, golden cows don't anger God. It's the worshiping. But when you get your mind around that, here's the thing about symbolism. We've talked about a lot of this. Symbols only have the, um, the importance, which the viewer assigns them.
2: Yes. right. So
0: if you, especially if maybe you're like me, I do like a lot of Eastern art stuff. I, don't, I couldn't be idolatrous because I don't know what any of it means. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just pretty designs. I, same way I, like, I actually like a lot of, I took some classical Middle Eastern art. I think it's very interesting. Actually, they went, uh, a lot of Islamic art went way into the commandment of no graven images. So you're not allowed to make art about anything that looks like anything. Sure. Which is why it's all geometric patterns. and looks really cool. But it's not magic. We talk a lot about in this show right. about ma- the phrase magical thinking. We'd actually give a good example of this here. If you didn't know, and you don't have any feelings about the thing, the fact that it's a particular collection of lines that means something to other people doesn't actually affect your life in any way. No. That would right. be magic.
2: For example, and this is a real thing someone called into the Pat Robertson show with, could my teenage daughter buy a shirt at Goodwill <laughs> that would have the demons in it? Leftover demons in and it. And then when she brings it home, it would bring the demons into our home
3: in the fibers. In the yeah. fi- That's right. an actual
2: question. Pat Roberts says, "Well, maybe. Possibly."
1: <laughs> and I don't mean this that in a bad after? way. Does he smoke crack? <laughs> cuz that is cuz that would you know what we need to help that, brother. That's well, what we uh, need. Let's stop making fun of him, He Jed. made enough ad <laughs> money
0: in that episode of the 700 Club to fund this ministry for 10 years. Yeah. That's the thing we got to know. But it, very much to that point of it's uh Magical thinking doesn't get us anywhere. Yes, you know, you're not. Don't worry about the things you're doing that are accidentally angering God. <laughs> I know for me, I have to focus on the things I'm doing intentionally. That are I, yeah, that's God
3: right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly to Lee's point, if you when you people who are real focused on the this kind of you know idol idolatrous image and this is pagan art, those are the people who are never that worried about making an idol out of money or success or. Relationships or all the stuff that we actually make idols of—we got worried about because you only got so much time to focus on real stuff or nonsense. Yep. So if someone's being very clear that you should choose nonsense, that's <clears> really <throat> not great. And again, we say all that stuff because we not to uh, belittle your question or make fun of you. Because there's a lot of mixed messages about this stuff. There's a lot of people basically whose main message about Christianity is be afraid. Yep. Be right. afraid of these people. Be afraid of these things. Apparently, be afraid of these collections of lines because the whole thing, as Glenn pointed out about a question on our last episode, the idea of that is the whole thing is so fragile yep. that it could go at any second. You, yep. gotta do, you gotta, you know, you're, as Glenn has described as you're disarming the bomb. That right. You can't accidentally wow. breathe too heavy or the whole thing is gonna go kaplooey. And uh, to a point uh, Lee made, you gotta be able to, it's, we all take on those, those messages and we all have that moment, but the key is being able to take a deep breath, Access some good wisdom and let it pass. Yeah. And we believe in you. You can do that. So if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, the You can always sign up for Bridgebox. Eight dollars a month, get a lot of cool stuff and help support the ministry up here. That's missionusa.com slash bridgebox. We're going to take you out with a song that I haven't picked yet. So it's going to be great. It'll be on the end there. You'll probably love it. We're going to take, we're going to take you out with that mystery song. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's pretty late, folks. Not going to lie. This is, again, spot the second episode we recorded in a row and the one that had technical difficulties. I
1: can't wait to hear that song. Mystery
0: song. And take care with that. I know you're excited. Thanks for listening. This is where we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
1: To say that podcast, sorry, we ruined bread for you. The Paneras is on me. <laughs> <laughs>